This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Unfortunately, it's another football Monday in which there's not a whole lot of positivity to share when it comes to the end result for the New York Giants, the end result for the New York Jets. Now, the performance that we got on the football field was, again, drastically different from a competitive standpoint from a watchability standpoint, from, you know, a sense of drama that you're looking for. Obviously, at the end of the witching hour, you're hoping that your team is somehow involved in the game, unless, of course, you're up by 30 points, then you got nothing to worry about. The Giants were in one of those games because they fought. The Jets, who we'll get to in a little bit, are an out-and-out disaster. But unfortunately for the New York Giants... I think the big storyline to come out of Sunday's loss against the Chicago Bears is not going to be that they fell behind early. It's not going to be about the fight that we saw within the second half of the game. The storyline, unfortunately, is going to be front and center on Saquon Barkley, who, according to Adam Schefter and according to a couple other reports out there, tore his ACL. In the second quarter of this game. And there's no sugarcoating this. There's no getting around this. This is a monumental loss for the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley is the bell cow running back. He's supposed to be the guy that is impacting a game in so many different ways. Running the football. Catching the ball out of the backfield. Being that sort of just elite, game-changing difference maker. That's going to help Daniel Jones. That's going to help this first-year head coach, Joe Judge. That's going to help Jason Garrett in his first year calling the plays for the New York Giants. Well, it sure seems like all of that now is completely out the window. And first off, you feel for Saquon Barkley and a whole lot of players throughout the NFL who are dealing with injuries. And I'm not the least bit surprised. You kind of had a feeling, not the normal off-season routine, not the normal training camp routine. You want to throw preseason in this? I, I'm not going to do that because I don't think a lot of these guys play in the preseason anyway. But I expected there to be a considerable amount of injuries in the early going. So for Barkley or Drew Locke or the laundry list that will give you a little bit later on, I feel for these guys. Because this is their livelihood. This is what they want to do. And... 
when you're trying to get that second contract and you don't have the opportunity now to go and play a full 16 games and go and show what you were capable of doing, that's a gut punch. And I know Joe Judge said after the game, this is not a guy you want to bet against. And I get that. Saquon's a very likable kid. He's an incredibly hard worker. He is a physical specimen. And yes, we have seen certain players come back at full strength off a torn ACL. But I do think it's fair to question whether or not Saquon Barkley is going to get that contract from the New York Giants. That's a fair question to have at this point. It's not one you have to give them going into next year. Why would you? He's a running back coming off an ACL. I got to see how he performs. But we're now looking at three years Saquon Barkley's been in a giant uniform. 2018, 2019, 2020. Giants have done a whole lot of losing in that span. They have not been a competitive team. We'll see if that's going to be the case this year. I like where they're headed. I think they're moving finally in the right direction with this head coach, but anybody going to sit there and argue with me that was the right pick for the New York Giants? Where they were as a franchise? I hate to keep going back to that. I hate to harp on it, but it's a part of the narrative. It's part of the conversation. Because you want to maximize running back's years on that rookie contract. Giants stunk for two of them. And now in the third year, Saquon Barkley's probably done for the year. Yeah, I'm having serious doubts about whether or not I want to pay him. 1,000%. So running back. You guys know my position more often than not with running backs. So I'm not paying him. Now, if you're McCaffrey, yeah, sure. Saquon was one of those guys. Now, maybe, maybe not. He's damaged goods. Nobody knows. Can't look back at 2018 and make the argument it was the right pick for the franchise. It was, it was not. Now, who they should have taken? Eh. That's subject for an entirely different day. But I feel for Saquon Barkley. Done more than likely for 2020. But this is where... I got to give the Giants this year credit. They lose their star player. They're getting smoked early in this game. Trubisky's making plays. The Giant defense is out of position. This game had all the makings of 31-10 Chicago. Chicago is not a consistent team. We know that. But they have their strengths, and they were at home, and you would have every reason if you were Joe Judge's bunch to mail it in after playing on a short week. Giants did not do that. The Giants fought. Whether it was the 11-play, 95-yard drive, capped by the Deion Lewis one-yard touchdown, whether it was the giant defense and love making a big interception, Bradbury, who, by the way, has looked terrific in his first two games. Absolutely terrific. 
He's been all over the field. He's been making plays. He's been physical. He's been tough. I've been impressed. That looks like it might be a very good signing for the New York Giants. He makes an incredible play. And when the Giants were driving at the end of this game, after Santos misses the field goal, which was trying to put up seven-point lead for the Chicago Bears, when the Giants get it back, you're wondering, wow, are they going to win a game they have lost far too many times over the last couple of years? Unfortunately, if you're a Giant fan, the answer to that question was, no, they did not. But man, they made it interesting. Jones made some plays. Got all the way down to the Chicago 14-yard line. Here was the killer play to me in this sequence. Daniel Jones throwing it short. You can't do that. Not with eight seconds left in a game. Can't do it. That's got to be two shots to the end zone. You want to tell me on fourth and one after Chicago 17, you got to get a first down, you got to extend the game, there's 21 seconds to play. Fine. I get that. You got to extend the game by any means necessary. But when you got eight seconds left, you're throwing it short, what's the point? You got to throw that ball into the end zone. And for Daniel Jones, look, the turnovers still continue to be something that he clearly needs to work on. Threw an interception. Lost a fumble. Now, Chicago's got some guys who are more than capable of making those sort of plays. You go back a couple of years ago, they were a defense that was notorious for forcing turnovers. Left and right, left and right. Problem Dan Jones is going to run into his challenge as a second-year quarterback is going to be that much more difficult because how many defensive coordinators last year and now this year have gone in the Giant game saying, look, we can't let Barkley beat us. We are going to stack the box. We're going to let this kid have one-on-one matchups, but we are not going to let Barkley beat us. So the Steelers do it last week. Now, Steelers are going to do that to a whole lot of teams. But they made it clear. We're not letting Barkley beat us. Well, now you take that element away from the New York Giants and you take that away from Daniel Jones. And in many ways, you're going to learn more about this second-year quarterback than you would have if he had Saquon Barkley. Because now that much more onus... And that much more of the offense's responsibility is directly on his shoulders. Because I'm sorry. Deion Lewis, not keeping defense coordinators up and not like Saquon Barkley. So this is going to make for an interesting challenge for Daniel Jones. Yes, got to do a better job taking care of the football. But now, you're the man, dog. You're the man. No safety net. No security valve. It's all you, in many ways. But I do like the fight out of this giant team. And I think we will see that fight more and more as the season goes on. But 0-2 to start the year, losing 17-13 to the Chicago Bears. Now, you get to the other team in town. The hapless, pathetic 
Sad. 0-2 New York Jets. If you would have told me waking up Sunday morning as I was sitting down doing place your bets that the Jets would lose this game 31-13, that would have been not the least bit surprising. The Jets were a seven-point underdog in the game. They're going up against a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. And I'm well aware of the lack of talent that is just so obvious throughout this roster. But what made this game, I think, incredibly tough to stomach, two things. Mention the injuries. How about the amount of injuries that San Francisco had to deal with in this game? From Nick Bosu, who probably tore his ACL, to Solomon Thomas, who might have torn his ACL, to Raheem Mostert, who left this game with an injury. Well, I'm not done. Jimmy Garoppolo leaves this game with an injury. And the Niners are playing without Debo Samuel. And the Niners are playing without Richard Sherman. And, oh, by the way, the Niners are playing without George Kittle. So, basically, the Niners are a shell of the team that they were back in February of last year when they went to the Super Bowl. They're a shell of that team. And yet, you still find a way to get smoked. Again, it shouldn't surprise us. But I think in many ways that speaks to where the Jets are right now as a franchise, which is out and out embarrassing. They're an embarrassing franchise. From giving up an 80-yard run to start the game. And it's funny, a buddy of mine is a big Jeff fan. He texted me. And he said, JJ, what's worse? An 80-yard run to kick off the game for a touchdown or a defense allowing a third and 31 to be converted for a first down. I didn't even hesitate. I said, dude, are you kidding me? It's third and 31 or whatever it was by a mile. That is the definition of a give up play. When you run a draw on third and 30, you are basically saying, we surrender. Not against the Jets. Because that is where San Francisco will go and pick up a first down. Every element of this football team just turns you off. Sam Dora was better than he was last week against Buffalo. There were some drop passes, including one that should have been a touchdown. Donald did not commit the boneheaded interception like we saw last week. You're going to look at his numbers. They're not going to wow you. They're not going to impress you. Then you look at what he has to work with. Frank Gore is a future Hall of Famer, but look, he's an old man at this stage. He should not be getting 21 carries in a game. No burst. From a weapon standpoint, the idea of Chris Hogan and Braxton Berrios being your two leading receivers, if that does not speak to the state of affairs, you know, from a playmaker standpoint, what will? And I get it. Rashad Perriman got hurt. Jamison Crowder is not there. Denzel Mims is not there. That's all true. That's going to hurt Sam Darnold. But this way you got to get on the head coach. You have to find ways to get your offense going. And you can't coach 
with this like defeatist attitude. The sense I got watching this game is that Adam Gaze was coaching the game not to be embarrassed. At 24-3, what in the world are you doing on fourth and short kicking a field goal? Like, what good does that do? That is the definition of loser coaching. That is loser coaching. You'll never win with that sort of mentality in the modern day NFL. And that's what you're getting from the quote-unquote brilliant offensive mind. See, this is where Christopher Johnson looks like an absolute fool. He could have given his coach a vote of confidence earlier in the week. And you know what? If the Jets got smoked, we might have made a comment or two. Great vote of confidence. What did that do? But we probably would have moved on to something else. Now, how do I move on to something else when I'm being told a few days ago, brilliant offensive mind, who, by the way, couldn't figure out a way to get Mike Yosicki and Devontae Parker going for the Miami Dolphins. Who, by the way, have their own problems. Couldn't stop me, Fliegelman, and Mike McCann on offense. I mean, their defense is an absolute joke. Mike Kosicki went for 100-plus yards. Well, how about Kenyon Drake? Well, how about all the other playmakers around the league that Adam Gaze had and did very little with in his coaching tenure? He's got to take a hit for that. But he's taking a bigger hit right now for the Jets, looking like and feeling like the worst team in the NFL. I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that. You guys can try to correct me. Be my guest. I'm watching all these games. I'm dialed in. One o'clock slate. Four o'clock slate. The amount of football I watch on Sunday, like many of you, you know, make your head spin. It's great. That's why we do what we do. I haven't seen a team in the first two weeks of the year who's looked worse than the Jets. Not one. Five-minute team. Simple question. Find me the team in the NFL over the first two weeks that has looked worse than the Jets. You can do that. God bless. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.